Poet Revolt Cosmetics helps you shine in all your moments with a variety of clean, cruelty-free, and non-sticky lip glazes. This makeup artist's created and approved brand carefully curates clean ingredients including peppermint to help you feel good and do good as a portion of proceeds goes to selected mentorship programs that give youth and young adults the confidence and tools to be successful. Holt Revolt offers long-lasting shine and moisture, and this is the part I'm excited about, Taylor. Tell me about it. <laughs> Holt Revolt is also offering our listeners a 10% discount off your next purchase using code CIRCLE when you check out. Get glazed today at HoltRevolt.com. That's H-A-U-T-E-R-E-V-O-L-T.com. Awesome. Go check it out, y'all. Check it out. Hey, y'all. So on this episode, we had on our Aunt Sophia, known to the public as Sophia Bell. She is a pharmacy technician and she works in retail science, or retail science, retail <laughs> pharmacy. And mm-hmm. she goes through um, what the schooling looks like and how pharmacy technicians, um, the, the role that they have in healthcare. And um, I was trying to not give away all the secrets. So, yes. So enjoy, guys. Hopefully you learned. I know I learned a lot. Um, it was very insightful. And again, we, we continue to say this through the podcast episode. But thank you so much, Aunt Sophia, for coming on and sharing a little time with us yes, in our indeed. little uh, podcast space. So appreciate it. Enjoy, y'all. Hey y'all, this is Amber Sharif and Taylor Breeze here. And this is the Inner Circle Podcast. How are you, Taylor? Oh, I am doing just peachy. How are you doing? <laughs> I am doing Hi, just swell. We have a little bit of a um a guest here today. Junior wants to join the podcast this this evening. <laughs> you tell the everyone hi. No. He has all that water in his mouth. And and this is <laughs> and this is motherhood. Yes. <laughs> you say hi. No. Okay. But anyways, everything's going well. Just um, I know you and I kind of talked a little bit offline. I'm trying to change my mindset on what I can, what I get the opportunity to do versus what I have to do. And I will say this, and this is and I'll leave it here. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, the way that you manage your time and allocate your time really depends on what is, it'll show you what's important to you. So make sure you draw boundaries on what you will or will not do in certain times so that you have an opportunity to rest. But I also think in in my aspect that uh, I feel like this is kind of grind season for me right now. Um, so I've just been kind of living in that season, Yeah. but I also think that, um, I did submit some vacation 
yesterday that three two and a half days off um in the upcoming next month so I'm like if I can crawl myself to that I just really want to rest right now too so how about I mean I think there's that that like reshaping mindset about like what you get to do and at the end of the day you know you still end up whether you think about it as I get to or I have to, you still end up using the same energy into these tasks. It may feel easier. And I think like you acknowledging that you're tired is like showing gratitude for yourself and for the things that you're doing so you can bring your best self there. So I'm here for that. Um, I definitely have been challenge during work so that's been cool um lots of hours being put into a process that I've never done before but it's really good experience and um really happy to have the team that we have um everyone's like I called them I think rock stars so I think it's just you know we're doing big things new things should I say and those big new things come with a lot of unexpected labor so um I'm here um and I'm enjoying my time here and I'm just (laughs) learning um a lot I'm sorry to lick her face and I was just like what is going on now I love it now I love it all in all disgusting pt is that what he said (laughs) yeah he said disgusting anyways on um all is well all is well all is bright (laughs) brown young version merry and bright okay (laughs) (laughs) getting prepared for a bible study tomorrow this is this is delusion this is okay (laughs) I feel I feel that energy you and I on the same wavelength um I feel like after a while you after a while I think you just get adjusted to your new normal and then you figure out what you like then you you get adjusted and then you start removing things and taking things off so that you can be like your best you I think I'm adding things on right now because I'm figuring out what my new life is going to be here. And so like, oh, I almost forgot to tell y'all. So I went to a new dance place and I've been watching her on Instagram for like a year and I took her class and I was like, oh, I love it so much. She are, um, I think their pronouns are there actually, they are non-binary. So excuse me for misgendering. Um, so when I took their class, like I definitely just felt embodied and it was mm-hmm. very different than any class of the similar style that I've ever taken. Um, or should I say discipline than I've ever mm-hmm. taken? So it was a different, same genre, different feel and different approach. So it was really cool. I really enjoyed that. So, I mean, I'm tired, but I'm also doing exactly what I wanted to do when I got here. So, well, before we move on to the word of the week, what, what was the genre of music or was it just kind of like pop? Was it like jazz? Oh, no. It, I mean, it was like R&B based. But when I say genre, I'm talking about like discipline of dance. 
dance, I guess. Okay, got it. So it's a lot more like body movements and just like sensual. So it was fun. Nice. I had a really good time. Yeah. So what's the word of the week? The word of the week, because it keeps coming up like this one time when our mom came home that first time, she called me a feral cat. Uh, and somebody said something about a cat the other day. A feral like my, cat? Like she said that my spirit animal was a feral cat. I think it was the Zodiac episode, actually. Yeah. Do you remember I, that? Yeah, because she was trying to come. You were comparing yourself to a dog and she was like, no, you are a cat. And I was yeah. like, okay. And she said a feral cat at that, which <laughs> so the word of the week is feral. Um, so uh, Oxford um, Dictionary defines feral as a animal in a wild state, especially after escape from captivity or domestication I went on (laughs) yeah so she was calling me a stray cat but yes that's what yeah that's what it was she called you a stray cat yeah she said like feral and like a feral cat is different than a stray cat and being that usually stray cats are socialized and so they're just like domesticated cats that get wild but a feral cat is actually not socialized and it doesn't like being around um humans it actually is very aggressive towards humans and tries to avoid contact with humans which I just think it's funny and I just been thinking about it a lot this week um and then I realized that people don't know what feral means so like I wanted to use that as a opportunity of a word that's been on my mind and uh I guess, an embodiment of who I am. <laughs> and I was like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you're not actually that wrong, honestly. Like, it's not that I don't like humans um, or I'm like overly aggressive towards humans or anything like that, obviously. Um, but it is kind of like, I would rather like do my own thing and like not be bothered. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Will so do. that's the word of the week, feral. Um, call someone a feral cat. See how they feel about it. See if that <laughs> <laughs> see if that resonates with them. And uh, that's all I got for you. <laughs> well then, okay. <laughs> so tell so, me about our guest this week. Yeah. So this week, y'all, it is our aunt Sophia. So Sophia Bell. We really start digging into. Her profession as a pharmacy pharmacy technician mm-hmm. um, in the retail space, but then she also is just—I really honestly think we should change it to a healthcare provider, because um, I know she made that emphasis that sometimes people don't look at you know the pharmacy technicians as a healthcare provider, but there's so many things about there's so many things that they're responsible for, and she kind of walks through how it's changed from when she was um, in school and, you know, um, all the way to how it is now. And so it was really cool catching up with her. And I always love Aunt Sophia's spirit. She's, she's that hip, cool auntie that we had, you know, all of our entire lives. And so it was cool just kind of hearing her passion about her profession. So listen in, y'all.
Hey y'all, so this week we have on another member of our family for our family is dope series, Aunt Sophia, otherwise known to the public as Sophia, Sophia Bell, <laughs> is a, a pharmacy technician and a mother and a Christian and a lot of other hats. Um, she also has dabbled into the travel industry and um, everything like that. So welcome to the show, Aunt Sophia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and industry. You've been all yes. over the place. You have a journey. Been. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've been all over the place. And I mean, having at-home businesses as yeah. well. So yeah, I've kind yeah. of been all over. I didn't even realize that, but yeah. yeah. I was going to say warm spirit, yeah. I think was my favorite. Um, I mine too. Mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all love warm spirit. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> so how would so, you introduce yourself? Oh, go ahead, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, so now you get the chance to introduce yourself. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. thank you. First of all, thank you both so much for having me on. I'm super excited. Um, just like you guys said, I'm, I'm Sophia. Um, I am, let's see, gosh, where do I start? So I've been married for 26 years to Ooh. your uncle, his, Alan. <laughs> uh, we just celebrated, celebrated 26 years. We have four kids. We have Trey, he's 23, Trinity's 22, Kendall is 19, and then our baby boy, Jackson, who is 15. No. Gosh, I feel so old just even saying that. <laughs> I remember being 23 and now I have a 23 year old. It's crazy. Um, You're young in spirit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what I always tell myself anyway, although my body may say something different, but whatever. We ain't going to talk about that. That's for another episode. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just delighted to be here. And yeah, just to say a little bit about myself. I currently am a pharmacy technician. I've been in retail pharmacy now a total of about 12 years. Wow. Um, and I'll talk about that. So my journey started actually as uh, back in the early 90s when I went away to college, went to Butler, thought I wanted to be a actual pharmacist and um, decided, well, maybe not after being there for three years. And then I um, transitioned into dentistry, became, went to school actually to become a dental technician. Mm -hmm. And um, that was great. I absolutely loved the dental field. Yeah. So I did that for about three years while living in Detroit. Yeah. Um, and that was great. I loved it. Um, continued to get education and, you know, um, decided I maybe wanted to become a dental hygienist mm -hmm. and then your uncle and I just decided to start growing our family yeah. and that's mm -hmm. what we did and from there I stayed at home raised the kids for a number of years which was great I would not trade that experience for the world yeah. um, and during that time I also had my home-based businesses yeah. you know I did Mary Kay for a little bit I you know, I did warm spirit for a while, you know, which is at home spa parties, which was great. So that kind of gave me an outlet for myself yeah. yep. and kept me kind of, you know, I was able to meet different people, things like that. And um, stayed at home, raised the kids, moved from different states along with your uncle and the family, traveled, did all of those things that I enjoyed in life. And then when our oldest got into high school, I decided, you know what? 
I think I want to go back into pharmacy. Oh, and just to piggyback for, or go back a little bit. When I was in undergrad, I actually worked in a pharmacy. That was where I first got my feet wet into the healthcare field, was yeah. actually with pharmacy working in, while in school. Yeah. I worked at a retail pharmacy and, um, and it was great. It was good. It was a great experience, kind of got my feet wet. So then all those things happened. And then I thought when our oldest was in high school, I said, you know what? Let me go back to pharmacy. That's something that I kind of loved. And, you know, the opportunity was right. So that was back in 2013. I had to go back into the pharmacy school, uh, pharmacy field. I actually became a certified pharmacy technician, which was great at the time because the company that I worked for and I still work for now, for everything. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to have a company that pays for my certification, why not? So that's what I did. And that began to open up other opportunities for me within the retail space of pharmacy. And so back in 2013, of course, as we know, we didn't have COVID and all those sorts of things. Pharmacy was always a pretty, um, uh, how can I say it? I don't want to just say stressful, stressful. You know, I don't want to say that. It was always has been, especially when you're talking retail. Uh But in 2013, it was somewhat manageable. The turnover rate back then was pretty high, but you know, I mean, it was what it was. We were able to manage it. I then, after shortly being an inventory specialist with retail pharmacy, I then branched off and became, had an even bigger role of becoming an actual um, lead pharmacy technician. Mm -hmm. So I managed, helped manage a staff along with the pharmacist, a staff of about five technicians. I trained them on, you know, various things within the pharmacy, how to run a pharmacy, things like that. The, the, company that I worked for does an excellent job with trainings. I mean, we do trainings all the time, but I was kind of there as more of a hands-on liaison in addition to the corporate training that we have. So did that for a number of years. And then after being there for about six years, I left to go back at home, to be back at home, Mm -hmm. because at that point in time, our third child was going, was getting ready to graduate. And mm-hmm. so I thought, let me help her navigate, you know, kind of that junior, senior year, filling out applications, going to visit different colleges, things of that nature. So did that. Yeah. Um, and then right around the beginning of 20, when, when COVID hit, I decided, you know what, I need to be back. I need to go ahead and go back because I knew the stress that my colleagues were going through yeah. um, and that they needed additional hands on deck. And yeah. so right about the beginning of 2020, well, the end of 20, well, what was that? Beginning of 2020, yep. I went back and um, to kind of help out and things like that. And yeah. oh my gosh, I don't know that I was fully prepared <laughs> for what I was going back into. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I only, I mean, because the crazy part is that I was only away for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. but during that time, it was like, whoa, yeah, this is really, I mean, the pandemic just threw a whole lot of, you know, and, and I mean, we can dig more into that, but it was just like, wow, so much had changed, you know, in that short amount of time. So I do want to touch more on um, being a pharmacy tech in COVID, but before we get into that, how did you become a farm tech? Like what are the different education um, pathways and stuff like that, that you had to do? Yeah. So becoming a pharmacy technician, 
is, and it varies from state to state, but typically because I, I am licensed in both the state of Georgia and the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. And basically that is across the board. You typically have to be licensed or they call it registered. Now mm-hmm. that's different from becoming certified, completely different. Licensing or registering in a state is basically you have to um, fill out some information with the agency, the certification agency, or I'm sorry, the licensing agency in your state. Yes. Okay. And what that means, you just fill out paperwork and then you go in, you do your, your testing, you have to get fingerprinted, all these sorts of things. They do a background check on you. And then your licensing in your state is the one that gives you your either licensing or your registration. Got it. That's across the board, typically in all 50 states. Now to become a technician, you have to, and, and this varies, this is the part that varies. In some states, you have to be 16. I believe in other states, you have Mm. to be 18. Mm. Um, But yeah, it does not require that you have a degree at all. Um, Now, the certification part is separate because just as if you were becoming, let's say, a certified, you know, a CPA, you know, that requires that you take a test. And now in some states, it's transitioning to where you actually have to have a certain number of hours worked in a pharmacy, or you have to have a certain, um, you have to take, you have to be educated. You have to take some sort of classes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whereas it didn't used to be that way. It used to be where if you study for the test, you take the certification test, you become certified. Um, but now they're requiring some sort of education uh, component of it. That's so, true. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that has changed us to be more, um, I guess, stringent on who they allow or is it just? Yes. Yeah. And, and here's what I think. I, I honestly think it's because the duties of the pharmacy technician has become expanded. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, like back in the 90s, there were only certain things that pharmacy technicians were allowed to do. You know, and so now the duties have become expanded. I mean, now we are, there's more uh, responsibilities that's placed on pharmacies, the staff as a whole. Mm -hmm. So as the pharmacist takes on more additional responsibilities, the technician also has additional expanded responsibilities, you know, because we are, again, we're healthcare professionals. And I don't know that many people realize what goes into being a we definitely don't get the respect <laughs> that a lot of your, you know, um, your healthcare industries, nurses yeah. and things like that do. But um, there's a lot that goes into being a pharmacy technician, you know, a lot of knowledge, a lot of education, things like that. So that's why I think they're saying, hey, before you just become certified, you've got to have some schooling up under your belt or you've got to have some a certain number of hours that you have trained under a, whether it's retail pharmacy or what have you, you've got to have that experience now before you can become certified. Mm, that makes yeah. a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To elaborate on some of the things that you said has changed, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is just from an outside person looking in, you guys do more, like, if you think of some of the top retailers that we go pick up our, you know, prescriptions from like a Walgreens, a CVS, mm-hmm. a Kroger, you know, mm-hmm. like, 
a gro- any type yeah. of grocery store, a Walmart, you know, or, um, you know, obviously mm-hmm. some of the marsh and different things, they're like different now named differently in different areas of public, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, like, I feel like prior to COVID, it was more of, you know, maybe prescription base, like, hey, I'm coming to pick up my, mm-hmm. uh, my iron pills or whatever mm-hmm. from the pharmacy. Yeah. But I feel like now the pharmacy is kind of like an urgent care, kind of like it's kind of yes. transitioned yes. into that where you can get like vaccinations, you can get yes. like, you know, blood tests run on different, like mm-hmm. if you have diabetes, you know, like just or, or, you know, just different assessments that you have to go through. Like, how has that, mm-hmm. how have you seen the transition from when you were first introduced into pharmacy and worked there in the 90s mm-hmm. versus now, you know, what, what is that 30 yeah. years later, where it's like, yeah, or mm-hmm. maybe 20 years later, where there's just all so many other yeah. things that you have to, I guess, service. Absolutely right. I mean, so back in the day, like in the early 90s, we didn't do testing. That was mm-hmm. like something that we just did not do, you know. Um, but now when I look at it, I'll give you a perfect example. So when I when I first went into pharmacy back in the 90s, I remember literally we ran the pharmacy. It was me and the pharmacist mm-hmm. at, at any given time. And, and a lot of it wasn't electronic. It was not electronic. We were still doing things manually. People were still bringing us in paper prescriptions. So that's one of the major changes that has transpired over the years. Things that's be, it, it's become more automated. It's become more elect, electronic prescriptions being sent in. But we were able to effectively run a pharmacy with just two of us, you mm-hmm. know, now fast forward, there's no way. I yeah. mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you can't, mm-hmm. you know, we're responsible for testing. Um, in some pharmacies, we are doing COVID testing. At one point, we were actually doing um, antibody testing within the mm-hmm. pharmacy. And there are some pharmacies that are still doing that. The pharmacy that I work at presently, we're not doing that. But mm-hmm. the pharmacy I worked at in Georgia, we did. I mean, we did it all. We go doing vaccinations. Yeah. You know, now there was a point in time where pharmacists would always do, let's say, flu shots. Because you yep. go to the pharmacy, you'd get your flu shot. And that was about yeah. it, you know. But now they've expanded that. We are now doing every, just about every vaccine you can think of. Oh, really? You know, we are doing them. Yeah. As well as technicians. I am also a certified immunizer. So I am certified to do immunizations. Yeah, you know, we actually, when we were doing COVID vaccine clinics back in Georgia, I conducted the clinics for all of the COVID vaccines that we were doing. Those are some of the major things that I will say that the pharmacists do. They have, they are, while they don't prescribe per se, you can come in and ask a pharmacist, hey, what do you recommend? I'm having XYZ symptoms. What yeah. do you recommend that I take for this or that? Yeah. That is something that your friendly pharmacist has always done throughout the years. But even that has become exponentially greater, you know, mm. where we've had an influx of people. Hey, what do I take for this? What do I do for that? What, you know, so mm. we've had a lot of that taking place as well. But yeah, and I will say this, with the addition of having a clinic in a lot of your retail pharmacy um, stores, 
that has also added to the additional burden of the pharmacy department mm. within retail pharmacy, because now we've got, oh, okay, so the clinic, they're prescribing, they're sending prescriptions over, we've got an influx of those patients as well. Yeah. And so um, those are some of the major changes that have taken place over the years, you know, within pharmacy that's kind of added to our workload as pharmacy technicians. I know this is kind of random, but it was just a thought because I know that uh, pharmacists can't necessarily prescribe, um, doctors can. Um, Mm -hmm. Is it possible for a doctor to also be a pharmacist? Mm. So, yes. So, so what people don't realize is that pharmacists are actual, they're, they're doctors, they're not medical doctors, but you know, that is what they're, it actually stands for, you know, being a pharmacist, a farm D is the degree that a pharmacist receives so that their doctorate. But you do have some medical doctors that I would presume have, you know, said, Hey, I don't want that anymore. I just want to become a pharmacist. Now, I don't know why you would want to do that, but I'm sure there are some. (laughs) Because, I mean, you're going from one stressful field to the next, but, you know, I mean, there are some. I will say that in my span of being a technician, I have seen, let's say, someone who has taught for a number of years transition and say, hey, I now want to become a pharmacist. Yeah. Um, and they've done that. I've seen that actually quite a bit. People will say, hey, as a second career or as another career, I want to go into pharmacy, you know? So yeah, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I, I don't yeah. know what made me think of that. I guess it was just the prescribing <laughs> side. So it's kind of like a, a, it would be a change of careers. It just, it wasn't necessarily like a, a medical doctor is able to also give medicine as well. Like a pharmacist would, they can prescribe it, but they can't. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. But, I'll, I'll tell you another thing that I've seen a lot too, is that I have seen, um, those who want to become doctors start in pharmacy, which I think is a smart, smart, that is like the the most smartest thing that I, you know, that you want to go into pharmacy. I mean, I'm sorry, into the medical field where you're going to be like prescribing things like that. Why not get your feet wet in pharmacy? I think that because so many different drugs and what their interactions are and what that is the framework. I think of, you know, getting into, you know, or going into further into whether you want to become a nurse or what have you, you're surrounded around those, those drugs that you're going to be prescribing eventually. So get your feet wet. And and that was, if you want to go into, yeah, you know, and that was one of the things that I always, when I talk to young people, like even with my own kids, I'm like, okay, if you're interested in the medical field, why not start in a pharmacy? Mm-hmm. You know, why not kind of start there? Because I will say for a young person, the pay now, you're not going to raise a family becoming a pharmacy technician. That's not what you go into it for. But I will say for a young person, it is a pretty great, especially where I will say where I work mm-hmm. because of the way that they have structured their compensation, 30 hours a week is considered full time. You don't have to work a full 40 hour week for this particular, you know, company. So for a young person, you, you can get full benefits just working 30 hours at this particular company. 
So that in and of itself, I think just makes a lot of sense, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that would be what I would recommend if you want to go a little bit further eventually. Yeah. I was thinking about too, Taylor, when you had mentioned about, um, pharmacists that, uh, can prescribe when I think about like Char, uh, I think it just depends on where you are or where mm. you are a pharmacist, because I know she does with, she works yes. with VA and she, she works with medical, uh, our mental health patients. And so mm-hmm. I know that she probably works with the doctor that's in the VA, but I know she could probably prescribe. Um, but she's in kind of like what aunt Sophia was saying. I think she's more in like, um, I don't want to say a doctorate type of like a traditional type of doctor role. Cause I don't, I think there's probably some, um, what do you call it? Some things that like kind of intertwine with each other when she's working with the uh-huh. doctor at the VA, but, uh, not legal, but more of like just a different. So like Aunt Sophia being in retail, it's more of like, mm-hmm. by the time it gets to her, unless it's like a, like a vaccine or something like that. But by the time it gets to her, that people have already been diagnosed. They've already gone through. Sure. Yeah. But for, for Char, it's more of kind of like, oh. she's the one that's kind of diagnosing them and getting their prescriptions and stuff and working with the doctor to make sure like, you know, she doesn't hurt uh-huh. these yeah. patients before it gets to Aunt Sophia. Well, you're yes. that's the way I'm uh, thinking about it. Well, you're bringing up two different sides of pharmacy. So there's Ooh, retail pharmacy, yeah. and mm-hmm. then there's like inpatient or like hospital. Um, what is the technical term on Sophia? It's so yes. Then there is the hospital pharmacy. There are different different types of pharmacies. You've mm-hmm. got specialty pharmacies. You've got, you know, the pharmacies that's within the hospitals. You've got pharmacies that only do the, um, the IVs, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So there's different types of pharmacies. And then there's your mail order pharmacies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there are different types of pharmacies. You've got compounding pharmacies that of different medications or different um, to come up with a specialized medication for a particular person. Yeah. So there's different types of pharmacies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as a pharmacist working in the hospital, when you are a little bit more patient facing, you do get to have a little bit more of the interaction and the overall patient care rather than seeing them at yes. the end um, when it's, you know, the doctor has already told them all the things that they've already mm-hmm. needed to know, I guess, for their condition. And then it's now time to medicate. Right. So it's like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, once you get to a certain point, like our pharmacists in retail, they don't do any of the, what we do, we gather the prescriptions. So we receive the prescriptions. We then interpret it, of course, enter it into the compute and then complete the filling process. We also process through insurance. That's another thing that we handle mm-hmm. um, for on behalf of the patient, mm-hmm. you know, so we make sure that whatever the doctor has already prescribed, that that gets clear through insurance. And then if there's any issues, of course, we reach out to the patient and kind of let them know. Um, we deal with prior authorizations, things like that. Um, and then it goes through our channels and through our process internally within the pharmacy to actually get the prescriptions. We also mail prescriptions out, which a lot of people don't realize that, you know, 
So it's a whole chain of events that takes place in order to get that prescription to the patient or to the customer. I was going to say, I think it's actually probably good that some of those top uh, retailers are, even though it adds a lot of extra work um, to, Mm -hmm. to the retailers, but when you're thinking about holistic patient care and really taking care of of like what this patient is dealing with, it's probably good as far as from the pharmacist standpoint where they feel I mean, I don't know if they feel any particular way. I mean, it's just like they get it Mm -hmm. and then they feel it. But at least like if you have a patient that's coming up or a a customer that's coming up to the window and you're saying they're saying, hey, you know, I'm having chest, maybe chest pains is not a good example. I'm having congestion. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've had that. Trust me, let me tell you something (laughs) to your point. We have had that. I'm telling you. We, it's almost like we're, people look at us almost like a triage. Think about it. If they can't get through to their doctor or if they're having to wait, you know, a week or so before they can get through to their doctor, we are readily accessible. We are there. We are available. Yeah. And I happen to work for hours, the retail pharmacy that I work at. So we have had folks come in. I, I remember specifically, and this wasn't since I've been in Indiana, it was when I was in Georgia. And at the height of COVID, we had folks flocking in like, oh my gosh, I need you to give me something. My brother was in the breathe right now, give me something. And I, I mean, I was like, there's nothing we can give you. Yeah. You know, vacation that, you know, he needs to go back to the emergency room or, you know, I mean, so we're a bit of a triage. I remember this was a few years back. I had a woman come in the pharmacy. Clearly she was in labor. Her doctor had told her to come and get, it was during the height of flu season. And for the life of me, I still can't understand why the doctor told her to come. He had prescribed Tamiflu for her. What? this woman was in labor. (laughs) I'm telling you got. we have seen it all. I remember I told my pharmacist and we literally told this woman, we were like, go back to your doctor's office she was in labor and she ended up having the child and later on she came back and she was like just thanking us thank you guys so much for and it was I think it was her first child so she really wasn't sure but we were like oh my gosh honey you've got to go back to your doctor so but again we are accessible we we are truly when you think about frontline workers I'm like wow we we (laughs) are are that (laughs) y'all are that that's absolutely that it's evolved. It has changed so much over the years that it's like, wow, this is, this is, this is something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That story about that woman with the Tamiflu, like, I just remember <laughs> when I was, I was pregnant. They said I couldn't take nothing. I had a migraine. Girl, you better drink some water and go to sleep, like uh, toughen it out. Okay. So for them to give you like, for them to have given her a Tamiflu, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It was absolutely ridiculous that I was like, honey, oh God, so bad. So yeah. So <laughs> my whole point is we have become a bit of a triage little yeah. unit. And you know, I don't know. I know you guys didn't ask this question, but if, no. if I could if there could be like one takeaway that I would <laughs> love for the public to know <laughs> is that. We, okay, so there's a lot of different different things that people sort of 
accuse us of in the pharmacy. Mm. One thing that I really want people to know is that we are really doing the best that we can to get you your medication. There is nothing that we want more is for you to have your medication because guess what? It -hmm. doesn't benefit us to quote unquote withhold your medication from you. Yeah. There are certain laws that we have to follow as a pharmacy. Yeah. So, you know, especially when it comes to certain narcotic medications yeah. and schedule yeah. twos and threes and fours, any C2, C medications, you know, we have to follow a certain standard. So if we are telling you that, you know, we cannot fill your medication at a certain time, it's typically not because we want to withhold your medication from you. We don't benefit from that at all. You know, pharmacies are in about making money. Yeah. So. We don't benefit from holding your medications. It's usually one of two things, an insurance issue, or it's because it's a controlled medication or a narcotic medication, and we are held by certain standards, you know, certain guidelines. You know, we cannot break the law, and typically there are laws that govern those medications because those medications are, you know, they have a high abuse rate. Yeah. we are held to that certain standard as a pharmacy. It's out of our hand as a pharmacy staff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so be patient. That was with the us. PSA. <laughs> That's the PSA. You know, and just like every other industry, we are, you know, we are understaffed. Guess what? Um, just yeah. like hospital pharmacy, you know, their their staff gets sick. Guess what? We are our, our staff gets sick as well. So we have had to take on a a number of other pharmacies, patients and their customer load because they just simply did not have the help or they just, you know, they couldn't fill the prescription. So then we had to jump in and help as a 24 hour pharmacy. So pack your patients whenever you come to the pharmacy, (laughs) you know, be patient with us. We are doing our very best. We work through our lunch, even though we shut down for a half an hour, which by the way, can I tell y'all? As a 24-hour pharmacy, we have just started to shut down for a half an hour, y'all. That's it. Mm -mm. That's all we get. And many times, even though we have shut down for that half an hour, guess what? We are still working behind the scenes. Mm -mm. We are still working. So we don't get a break. And that's typical. You go into it knowing that, hey, you're not going to get a break, Mm -hmm. you know? You may be able to take a couple minutes to go use the restroom, but you're right back. And many of us are working nine, 10 hour days. Wow. The pharmacists, bless their hearts, they're working even longer than that. Are you getting paid during this uh, lunch break you're supposed to be taking off? Hopefully. Um, yeah, well, if we're clocking out, then we don't get paid for that. But Got like it. I said, many times we are working through our lunch, our, that 30 minutes. We're yeah. working through that yeah. because if we don't, then our work, workload pretty much doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to stay on top of it, but that's been, you know, for, for a while, you it's know, like if they, um, so I know you talked about like with COVID and everything has um, really accelerated and you see all the cracks in the pavement a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that like with this 30 minute lunch, if they know that time is coming up and I know a lot of this is computerized and it's all within the system and like kind of automated, like it's not fair. So they should like, you can't submit prescriptions from this time to this time. And I know from a doctor's standpoint, yeah. 
it's that would be hard but it's just like societies that we look at like Spain that has siesta and Italy that Mm -hmm. has like serious lunch times like (laughs) three hour lunch yeah Um, oh yeah yeah when you look back at those type of societies they're able to make it work so why can't we you know why Mm -hmm. is it that we think this one prescription most of these are not like life or death type of things like yes people are uncomfortable and we want to get them treatment as fast as possible but at the expense of who you know at the expense of the the farm techs and the pharmacists and Mm -hmm. all of the other stakeholders on the other side too so yeah yeah and you you nailed it that's pretty much it that is pretty much it I've I've had this conversation so many times um even with with your uncle (laughs) because um he used to work for a pharmaceutical company as well but of course he was on the corporate end of it Mm-hmm. And we have these little debates, you know, I'd be like, listen, check <laughs> on y'all, you know, y'all release that medication or whatever. But yeah. as you said, it is a lot of it is just, you know, and, and we live in a microwave society too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are accustomed to get it quick, get it now. We should not have to wait, you know, things like that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, Time, time is of the essence, you know, time yeah. is money, you know, all these phrases that we use, um, it's really, um, it, it's, I've come to have a disdain for some of them, because when you think about it, yeah, time is of the essence, but you have to realize that we also, time is precious, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, so if we're not taking the time to really even take a break, after a you know after being there 12 hours 10 hours then what good are we really you know especially in pharmacy there is there is no room for error okay so if we are overworked if we are not even allowed to take a 30 minute break then what good are we really and then you know you want what you want right away but you have to understand there's a process we yeah. don't want to make an error on your medication because that could cost someone's life. Yeah. You know? So, and it's not, I've had people say, well, so I'm just, just, it's just one medication. Just pull it off the shelf and give it to me. <laughs> no, ma'am. Because yeah. guess what? We ha- <laughs> it has to go through the proper channels because guess what? If this is a new medication for you and your doctor doesn't realize that with, because, let's say it's a new doctor that you're going to. And you have not necessarily told them about all the other medications that you're taking. And they don't know that you have an allergic, that there may be an allergic reaction or there might be an adverse reaction to some medication that you're already taking, but they prescribed this new one for you. Guess what? We can't just take that medication off the shelf and give it to you without informing you that, hey, there could be an interaction, an adverse reaction, because yeah. you're already on X, Y, Z. Did your doctor not know that? Did you not? Th- so there's a lot that goes into this thing called pharmacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot. And it kind of goes know? back to what I was mentioning earlier about them having the open clinics. It kind of helps them be, I don't want to say like less uh, response, legally responsible for anything that could happen to that particular patient. But if, if this person let's say, I know for me, I'll speak for myself. 
when I moved from Chicago to Indiana, I love my Chicago doctors. I did not want to change any of my doctors. Taylor, well, all y'all know, <laughs> I drive three hours to go see some of my doctors. I'm like, I refuse. Yeah. And more other, like, more in-depth experiences that I've had that have made me think this way. But, mm-hmm. like, IU yeah. Urgent Care has become, like, my primary care doctor. And they always look at me like, mm-hmm. girl, just get you a regular doctor. But I'm sure there's probably that same type of approach to those people that have insurance or don't have insurance, but come to like a Walgreens and use their clinic, their one minute. And like that, you know, that staff is like their doctor now, you know, like they don't want to go to their traditional doctor, but then they're able to take, you know, that level of care that they're getting from their colleagues internally and give them the right, Mm -hmm. you know, prescription just walking up the, you know, the aisle and then they're able to say, okay, this person, this, you know, let's say Sally comes in here and she don't go to nobody's doctor. And she come in here every month with some type of congestion. We know that she has a history of flu. We know she has a history Uh of X, Y, and Z or whatever. We know she has high blood pressure and she comes, she's coming here. We've tracked her. She's in the, my chart Mm -hmm. for the last like three years. So unless she's yeah. going to someone else, we know that, you know, this, I don't, I don't know much about medication, but let's say you had two different types uh-huh. of medication and one for both of them are for, um, what do you call it for high blood pressure, but you know that yeah. she's allergic to whatever you can be, you can right. take care of that patient a lot better and easier than, you know, yes. So. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's why it's so important. I'll tell you, there's a couple of things that's very important. Electronic health records is so important. And that's where, you know, electronically systems are connected, you know, and so systems can talk to each other within the healthcare field. It's major. And it's very important that, you know, and I've seen over the years, there's been a major influx in creating better ways for electronically uh and, and electronic health records ehr yeah. to be um transmitted from one provider to the next even within pharmacy it's yeah. so important that we are connected with the doctors and that we're communicating with different um, doctors and medical groups and things like that we all have to you know kind of work together in order to provide better patient health care and then better patient outcomes yeah. yeah. So to your point, and, and I'll tell you something, with, even within pharmacy, um, people get upset. Like if they see new faces in the pharmacy, they're like, listen, you know, because it is sort of like a family. If you've been going to this one pharmacy for years, you get to know the pharmacist, you get yeah. to know the staff, they get to know you, they get to know, I mean, it's a whole, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like I even think about some of my customers, you know, I, they, you get to know them, you yeah. know? And so a lot of times they get upset when insurance companies tell them, Hey, such and such, let's say CVS or whatever is not preferred. It's yeah. not preferred by your insurance carrier anymore. So now you've got to go to a Walgreens or a Costco or whatever, or a Walmart, you know, people yeah. kind of get upset with that, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah. But it does happen, unfortunately. But again, that's why whenever we are transferring, you know, a patient's um, prescriptions to another pharmacy, we have to make sure that we are communicating effectively with one another because that does happen. 
yeah. you know, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we are coming down to the end where we're going to do our rapid fire questions. They range in difficulty. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> we'll each do one back and forth, but um, they can be, you know, as deep or as superficial as we would like them to be. And Amber, do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, sure, I can go first. Okay. So I know we've talked okay. a lot about. I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've talked a lot about advancements. What would you, what feedback would you give to you know those um, higher ups that are making decisions for the pharmacy department? What feedback would you give them as far as like technology or processes? You know that you would love to see them make the whole team's life better. Mm, oh, wow. That's a good one. Okay. So the thing that I would probably say to those who are maybe in, in corporate, I would just ask them to spend more time at the retail level um, to really understand what patients and customers want. Yeah. Um, and to really understand what they don't want, most importantly. Many times when people come in the pharmacy, they are in a hurry. They, they don't want a whole lot of questions being asked. They want to know that, hey, if I have a question, I can, I can have it answered. But even the checkout process, it is daunting. I don't know if you guys have picked up a prescription here lately, but there's a lot of questions being asked. You know, do you want an automatic refill schedule? Things like that. And I understand that can be very important, but many times, People just want to get in and get out. Yep. They don't, you know, don't ask them if they like to make a donation. Mm -hmm. so, you know, many times prescriptions are expensive. So at that point, they don't, you know, it, it's a yeah. lot of different prompts. And I get some of it is important. It really is. But that's one of the things that I really wish, you know, um, corporate would sort of understand when yeah. it comes to us at the, as I say, we're at ground zero. We're at yeah. that, you know, ground level dealing face-to-face -face with the customers. Come on down to our world a little bit more often so you can see some of the things that we deal with and be able to understand what we're dealing with when we're, when we're with customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It'd be cool if like a part of your uh, onboarding training is actually like spending, you know, six yeah. months in a pharmacy somewhere, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're in corporate over, mm -hmm. at, over the pharmacy. So that's really good, um, mm -hmm. good feedback. So yeah. what's really interesting about that too is I have a friend who's in IT and he's like really good with cybersecurity systems or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not an IT expert, so I don't know his title, but he has to work the IT help desk where people are asking him how to get mm -hmm. into their Microsoft Teams <laughs> and mm. things like that, where it's like, <laughs> it may seem like kind of silly, like looking at it, like I can literally mm -hmm. build this whole network and I'm helping people like do help desk and that's like a part of his job they everyone at yeah. every level has to have a certain hours of help desk and I think that is a real mm -hmm. big part of everyone is trying to make this corporation as highly functioning as possible and you may be yeah. so removed from you know the day-to-day yeah, yeah. And that is a lot of it. That That's a lot of it because many of, some of them, I will say, they have worked as, as, you know, retail pharmacists or things like that. And as they've moved up the ranks, 
I think, as you said, they get so far removed that I think sometimes they just, they forget, Yeah. you know, they forget what it feels like to be at that ground level, if you will. But yeah. we're, we're for a, a very important component of the whole, the business as a whole. And I think sometimes that gets lost and it gets forgotten the higher yeah. up you get. Yeah. So um, last question before we head out. Um, So my question to you, um, you've dabbled in a lot of different um, professions. And so I want to ask you, what would you give advice to someone who is starting their journey? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, first of all, remember your journey is uniquely yours. And I give this advice to my, my young adult kids all the time. And I've given them this for years. Do not compare yourself and your journey to anyone else's. You know, I, I used to, my daughter, have a, we have a daughter named Kendall. Your name is Kendall Monet Bell. There is only one Kendall Monet Bell. Okay. You know, <laughs> you are, I mean, your journey is going to look different from everybody else's, yeah. you yeah. know? And don't compare, don't get into the comparing game and the measuring up game. Just be the best you that you can be, whatever your path is. And don't be afraid to make mistakes. Oh my gosh, make them now. You're going to make mistakes, but you know, you learn from it and keep it moving. I mean, if, if, I mean, if I could tell my younger self that even if I could go back, that was, that's the one thing that I would tell my younger self, Yeah, you know? Wow. Keep it moving. Make yes. your mistakes. Pick yourself up. Learn from it, but keep it moving. Amen. I'm here yep. for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm telling you, make the mistakes now while you know while you're young, okay? And while you have the family support, like I said, mm-hmm. you'll always have the support of your family, no matter what. Yeah. So you know, keep keep going, keep moving. You know. Yeah. You'll find out where you're supposed to be. You'll figure it out eventually. You're on nobody's timetable. You're on your own timetable. That's it. Yeah. And the only thing I will add to that before we jump off is I agree with you, Auntie, because I feel like if you try to live your life in someone else's expectations, you'll end up being miserable. But then like you see some people that mm-hmm. do live their life in other people's expectations and they end up like being in law for like, you know, five years and then they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they go into like culinary or something, you know, where they should have been in the first place, but they've wasted, not wasted, but they've decided to their track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Or try to live up to someone else's expectations. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have to live your life for you. Because yeah. you know the path that God has you on. Everybody has a purpose and a path, yeah. you know, and it's for you to figure that out. I even tell my kids, I'm like, I can't decide for you. I can tell you if you come to me and ask me, I can tell you what what I've always seen in you as a kid or as a child. But yeah. at the end of the day, you have to walk it out. You have to take mm-hmm. those steps towards your destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taylor, maybe that leads yeah. us to a conversation where we should have maybe a podcast about inner inner child and how that impacts us as an adult. I think that would be cool. Oh, have yeah. we not done that before? No, nope. uh, but yeah. what she just said kind of sparked that um, 
thought in my head. So yeah. anyways, we're derailing and we're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm shutting you down. A child. Yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you so much on Sophia for coming on. We're thank so you for fun. having me. Yes, we yes. had such a good conversation and very much so feel like, um, not that I could go and do your job, but I know how to get into it if I want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and those yes, listening, if yes. they want to, how they can get into it. Um, so yeah, yeah, thanks so much for us. Yes, we're and always if, hiring. Yeah, <laughs> and if any of the listeners are interested, we'll we'll share um, Aunt Sophia's uh, contact information in the show notes. So. Yes. Definitely. Cool. Definitely. Well, yeah. It was fun. Thank you so much. Of course. Until Absolutely. next time. So I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I love Aunt Sophia. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Like we said that we said thank you in the interview, thank but so much. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It was and really I was just going to say, it's a continuation from our very first season with Shar, mm-hmm. when, um, you know, Shar is a pharmacist. So she works on that inpatient side that we were talking about versus yep. the retail. So you get to see it from a different angle. Yeah, I agree. Um, I 100% agree. It was really good. I learned a lot. This is not my area. I, I know I say that to you guys often. <laughs> it's not my area of expertise. This is kind of Taylor's and Kaya's and Aunt Fia's and all of them. They're in healthcare. And so it's it's always very interesting kind of hearing from different healthcare providers. And she won't be the last one. No. Uh, we have Henrietta coming up in a couple of weeks. So that should be fun. So, yeah. So, yep. Taylor, what is the self-care tip of the week? So we're talking about nutrition because that's what I said we were going to talk about this week. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not necessarily a tip. I mean, I guess increase your fiber. That is a tip. Mm, Um, But we're going to be talking about soluble versus insoluble fiber. So Um, There are two different types of fiber, as I've said before, and that's soluble and insoluble. What these different um, types of fibers are good for are, you know, obviously uh, different things. (laughs) (laughs) So um, soluble fiber um, attracts water and it like creates a gel. So this is the type of fiber you want to think about, like making you feel full. Like, I don't know if y'all have had it but like um where let's say you take the pills off of the apple but then uh, apples both but you think about the fleshy inside of the apple being the water soluble mm-hmm. and that's what keeps you full and then the the skin on the outside being more of that insoluble fiber which is what makes you poop mm-hmm. and so um common um sources of soluble fiber are oat, barley, nuts, seeds, um, beans, lentil peas. Um, it's also found in seasonal. <laughs> found in what? Uh, I feel like I should know this word, and it's calling me dumb. But it's, oh no, <laughs> it's like a- Xylem, I think is okay, how you say. Okay, okay, oh. okay. 
a common fiber supplement. So um, that might be the type of stuff that you get. Um, No, because Marilax helps you poop. So Mm. it's probably not um, soluble, but just so think it's of more it, like a supplement type situation. Yes. This is okay. a, it's a, it's a supplement. Okay. The psyllium. Okay. I've never had it. So I don't really know where you find it. Yep. If you yep. do need, um, to slow your digestion. So why mm-hmm. this is good is f- to keep you full longer. Um, okay. so that's why a soluble fiber is recommended, um, mostly for weight loss so that you have that feeling of fullness. Okay. Um, so the insoluble fiber is found in foods such as wheat bran, vegetables, and whole grains. So this adds bulk to stool and appears to help, uh, food pass more quickly through the stomach and intestines. So this, I would think about it as those foods that soak up water, and it's like your intestines are like a slide. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about the dynamics of moving through a slide, think of, you remember when you were a kid and for us at Kings Island or some other like uh, holiday world, you guys, were you there? Or when we went to mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin Dells and they had the indoor water park. Anyway, That was a beautiful like resort we stayed in at too. Yes, it was. And they had those tube slides. So if you're Mm -hmm. on, (laughs) if you're on the tube, right, you slide down the, the, the slide faster. Mm -hmm. So think of your intestines like that and insoluble fiber, helping it slide down the tube faster. So or slide down the slide faster. So it's like creating a tube for you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And then if you think about uh, water soluble fiber, it's like the water that fills the slide. So while that's flowing down, I know that that's kind of confusing, but like, it's always keeping the slide full, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is how I would think about the two. Um, And it's kind of fun to imagine your intestines like slides. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's just actually, so I did uh, anatomy when I was in college. So you guys are hearing my nerd right now. And I loved it. We did it on human cadavers. And um, we had to map out the, um, the different parts of the intestines. And so you have a duodenum, a ilium, and a jejunum. But it goes in the order as dejuna, or duodenum, dejunum, ilium, right? So anyways, you guys don't care what I'm saying. But <laughs> in a way to say this, it was like how to remember it is DJ ilium. And so it was like DJ ilium. And then like the TA was like, like with the intensives, like, like lifting it up a little bit. And it was like, I won't forget that, you know? So that's why I remember what order your um, intestines, your small intestines go. So anyways, self-care tip of the week um I gave you a little anatomy tidbit too you're welcome okay okay um so (laughs) there's that so Amber what's our tip of the week so our tip of the week is um I was listening to my podcast and I was thinking about 
So just a little bit of background. Mm-hmm. I, like I told you guys, I'm a podcast junkie, junkie, and it varies from stuff that is, you know, pop culture, all the way to politics, all the way to holistic health and to business. So this particular one that I kind of was like, ooh, that is my my thing for the week was I was listening to the entrepreneur um, podcast, which is uh, connected to the entrepreneur magazine. And so they um, they drop episodes like all the time throughout the week. And so this particular one was about a guy that was interviewing um What's that guy? The comment comedian's name, um, Who? Fallon. Oh. Fallon. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his first name right now. Um, uh, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy yeah. yeah, Jimmy Fallon, and um, just interviewing him about like how he got into where he, where he is now. Also, all of the businesses that he has, including like children's books. We have one upstairs named Dada. You know, um, I think he was making like bed sheets and all sorts of stuff related to kids. Like it, it's just it. There's so much stuff that he's like, and I think also he got into like maybe some producing or like at least capitalizing some type of shows, movies or whatever. Um, but anyways, I'll share the podcast episode with you guys. But one of the things that I took away from it, outside of all of the business stuff that he's involved in, um, is the main guy that was interviewing him was saying how he wanted the importance of asking questions and follow-up to make sure that you get things right. And so he kind of breaks this down into sometimes we don't ask questions because we think that they're, from a pers- outside perspective, we think someone's going to question our competency because you know there might be an area that we might not be familiar with and we might not know. But he was saying how really people that ask questions and try to gain more insight and more knowledge and that are transparent about them not knowing a particular subject or, you know, whatever is being discussed actually gain so much more growth Mm -hmm. and insight. And um, it can come off as whoever you're asking the questions to that you are really trying to be thorough and thoughtful and different things like that. So he, he presents the example about how Jimmy Fallon, when they did their first interview, he, um, Jimmy, Jimmy told him like, Hey, you know, if you have any questions or need any follow-up or whatever, just let me know. We can schedule some time. Um, you know, just keep me posted. And, the guy was like, you know, cool. He had no intentions on asking him for any follow-up questions or different things like that. But he figured like there was something as he was working through the article where he wanted to ask a follow-up. So he reached out to Jimmy Fallon's people and said, hey, can I go ahead and spend, you know, a couple of minutes talking to Jimmy about X, Y, and Z. Mm Mm-hmm. They said, absolutely. And one of the things that Jimmy had relayed to him, well, he had asked him, he was like, thank you. You know, I'm so sorry to take more of your time, blah, blah, blah. And Jimmy was like, no one ever follows up or asks me questions. Like no one ever takes me up on that. So I'm actually excited, you know, and grateful that you have like 
actually wanted to be thorough, but then you, you also wanted to follow up. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. So the question that was posed was when was the last time you asked a question? Hmm. Um, and then also (laughs) when is, uh, when is the last time you took up someone's offer on doing, whether that's following up on a coffee, whether that is, you know, all the time we say, hey, we need to get together and grab lunch. But do you have the intentions on on doing that? You know, like the follow up and the question can be the follow up or your action can be the follow up. Yeah. So I was thinking to myself really quick, when is the last time I asked questions? And um. I would probably have to say the, the, the time that I do it the most is at work because I'm around extraordinary people that are so smart that um, it's good to, and everyone's very vulnerable about if they know something, if they don't, we're all, it's like in a good environment where you can ask questions and get help and no one's going to yeah. think anything of you because if yeah. people thought you weren't competent, they wouldn't have hired you. Yep. So it's just, I don't know. So when's the last time you asked the question? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. I ask questions, a lot of questions to the point where it can maybe feel like I'm asking questions in a way of like not trusting somebody's initial Mm. statement. Okay. And so so like we've talked about this before. That's where the misconception of maybe me being condescending can come from. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's literally uh, if I do think something different, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm going to ask you why you think that or like, why is it? And when you say why you think that, like if you don't have reasoning for why you think something, then that's when you would be like and threatened and insulted. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I asked my boss lots of questions Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's like, and it's a learning thing. Like, and I'm a scientist, a scientist asks a lot of fucking questions. Sorry, cuss words, but they ask a lot of questions. (laughs) Like that's what we do. And if you don't, then you'll be like thought of, you actually get a lot more notoriety or, um, respect when you ask more questions and then you know of course varying in questions and uh complexity and the way that they can be answered so long story short I answer or I ask a lot of questions um I could think to interviews that's what I also think about you always ask questions um intelligent ones maybe and maybe just filling out the the company culture which can be intelligent in its own right too so I ask a lot of questions I will ask this one last question and then we can close it up but one of the pieces of feedback well actually it's not a piece of feedback but when you I don't know if you ever do this Mm -hmm. and this is kind of something that is done in our group all the time which is I don't know if it's a good way to start off a question or to show that you're like vulnerable when you're about to ask a question, but every single day I hear, Hey, this might be a dumb question, but, uh, (laughs) I, I absolutely hate when people say that because 
if it is a dumb question, let me figure that out. Like I will sit there. I won't yeah. say it obviously, but the fact that you think that this is a dumb question is like, why are you asking me this then? Like, <laughs> and so it's like not only belittling to yourself and your own mm-hmm. intelligence, it's also like, why would you ask the quote unquote smartest person that you think, you know, a dumb question when, if it's a dumb question, you would be able to figure it out. And the smart person maybe not be that bothered by this question, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think it's like a way of people deflecting. Um, just so like, it's like that precursor of like, I want you to know that I'm competent or that I'm really just coming from a place of maybe a brain fart or maybe yeah. like delusion or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. So it's like, don't charge it to me as like, this is like, I probably should know this, but can I ask then a dumb question? That. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like that company culture for me. That's like, um, you know, you always say please and thank you. That's really nice. Um, but I'm thinking about something. <laughs> One thing that I really hate is the question. Does that make sense? But like, I'm not going to sit here and like correct every person who says it to me unless we're in that type of you know environment. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't even done that to my new boss yet. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's kind of like this idea of um making yourself smaller so that other people don't feel Mm -hmm. intimidated Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe that also the lack of transparency in that too hey I'm tired today I don't know what the hell's going on um you know what's going on (laughs) (laughs) and, and I I'm the type of person who like because I don't like political professional bs like there's Mm. you know there's a common decency that should be held and a a certain standard to be held but um i can't say that i don't even say that but then i like say this might be a dumb question um but i i usually preface questions that i think might be simple hey uh you seem like you would really know the answer to this and for some reason I'm a little confused um can you explain why we do this or how it is that we're doing this do you know where that person got that from because I came up with this answer and I'm just kind of wondering why we came to different answers um that's like how I ask questions that's how I ask questions that's how a scientist me ask questions Um, yeah yeah. I think uh I think ultimately guys what we're leaving with you is that ask questions however you feel comfortable asking questions whether you want to take the more direct um straight to the point approach like Taylor or if you want to take my work culture and I might, you know, I probably am contributing to that. This might be a dumb question, question um, too, however you want to approach it. I think really just kind of fill out the room and figure out who you're talking to and figure out how, how, uh, how you want to be perceived, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I- oh, there it goes, Taylor. <laughs> what if that makes sense (laughs) 
and that's why I'm like, you know, somebody told me that, you know, that could be actually good filler, right? And yeah. I was to say that there was this thing, for a while, I was like obsessed with LinkedIn for some reason. Okay. And I uh, found this, it started becoming kind of like a feed I would check. Mm-hmm. And so it was this post that was saying something about, uh, instead of saying this, say this. And so I was so happy because does that make sense was on there. And it was <laughs> like, instead of doing that, just say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, allow that person to come back to you and ask questions. And like, that's good that you are opening the floor, but like, they came up with my perspective of like, it can be, it can seem like maybe you think they're like not able to comprehend something. And maybe it's like kind of that type of thing. So I find it like a challenge. Like I, that rolls off my back at this point. But when I first was having it, it was like, does that make sense? Like (laughs) the, the head tilt and the looking deep into your soul is like, (laughs) I do you not think that what you just said made sense or do you think I'm just not able to comprehend what it is that I'm here to do like that's the type of mentality I had so and I think also there's a level of affirmation that we all want as a person so if you don't pose that question then there's this automatic assumption depending on how that person answers you back if they agree with you or not yeah. And I think sometimes all of us need a little bit of affirmation. Um, of there's a small set of people that just don't care and they're like robots and they could care less <laughs> if someone says that they are the best in anything because they think they're the best in everything. Mm. Um, but then there's some that are just like, you know, it's kind of like when you walk through, I'm not saying all people do this, but like a woman, when she gives a compliment to another woman on her hair. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, your hair looks cute. And and then normally, well, not normally, sometimes a woman will respond back and say, oh, thanks, girl. You know, I'm just trying something new. And oh, I love your shoes. It's like that constant, okay. like back and forth, the uh, return exchange of you never want someone to have that level up on you or you don't ever want someone to feel like they're beneath you so let's always be at the same playing ground and I wonder if that does that make sense or this might be a dumb question if that's more of like making you're all making sure that everyone's on the same level yeah and I mean and that's the the conversation that was had too right when I was first telling my boss like uh, I was laughing he's like what did I say that was funny I was like it's just one of those statements for me that is kind of like an annoying thing so usually (laughs) if I get asked a fun fact about myself it's either about how many states I have lived in or like that I hate that saying so that people know like when they're uh, dealing with me, like maybe don't. So what I, and I- I thought I was a type A personality. You are a lot more type A than I am. 
I told you, you don't know me at work. <laughs> I'm like, Goodness gracious. Home, you can go find dirty panties on my floor. Sorry. Oh. But like, at, at, but at the office, I'm like, that pencil's not where it's supposed to be. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like something that I have to go fix. Um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things for me is like, if I have the floor, like I'm not a, a, a not nice person about it. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was going to use what your favorite insult is to call people. What? <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs> um, I'm not like unfavorable about it typically. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people know how to take me because I am nice, like I'll say, thank you straight up. Like, you know, it's that type of thing. And there's also, I'm going to ask clarifying questions. If I interpret something differently, I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room. Um, and so we can have a conversation about it. Like, it's okay. Like I can accept when I'm wrong. And there are some times where I know that I'm not wrong and I have to stand up for myself in that way too. Understood. Hmm. All right. Well, y'all ask lots of questions, however you want to ask, ask them. The questions. Yes. And ask questions that need answers. <laughs> and even the ones outside of work, we, we gave examples of work questions, but even ask the questions in your personal life. Mm-hmm. So like, why am I doing this? What, uh, you know, be intentional. Or even if you are you know, I'm married. So, and luckily I'm in a safe, loving, supportive, um, relationship where I can ask questions, you know, even about why did you do that? How was your day or what you're thinking on X, Y, and Z. Um, but whether you're in a relationship or not, even with the ones that you care about with friendships, um, siblings, parents, you know, loved ones, whatever, make sure you're asking questions and sometimes also ask questions internally too. So if you're, if you're taking in something like on social media or you're reading an article or you're listening to a podcast or you're watching a TV show, or you're just walking, exercising, you know, whatever that time is, I think you can also turn the asking of questions into Mm self-reflection, which is also a part of what Taylor has instilled in us over the last five seasons is about journaling and different Mm -hmm. things and getting your feelings out and stuff like that. So there's levels to asking questions and I will share um, the podcast if you guys want to, obviously I went in a little bit more in depth about this than um, Jimmy and the um, reporter did, but it was a good kind of uh, article or kind of podcast about why Jimmy does the things that he does. And when he figured out, when he sat back and thought about why he was doing it and what was going to be the impact and ask questions internally, but then also ask questions around him, mm-hmm. his whole life changed. Um, and that's why he has a best-selling child's book you know because he asked the questions on you know why am I doing this and what can I do better so I also just want to lead with this I thought about today when I asked a very important question 
um, with a friend. I think that it was actually one of the more important questions that I had with a friend and or today happened with this friend. And they told me some news. And then I was like, at first trying to react to the news that they gave me. And then I asked, wait, this is their news. So how do you feel about this news before you react? Because when you don't have a ask those questions you don't have a full understanding of like where the other person is mentally so that's why I also give grace to the question does that make sense just (laughs) I give grace and I also know it's hard for people to stop at this point so yeah embedded (laughs) into our culture so all right so Taylor where can you find us you can find us on Instagram at theinnercircle.podgals. You can also send us an email to theinnercircle.podgals at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and subscribe, follow all of that on um, all podcasting platforms, um, including Apple, Spotify, Google, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think we're so. on podcast too. We're on Hoop. Podcast. Oh, I never heard of that one. So go ahead and check that one out too. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you found it once, that's fine. I don't know if we get yeah. different <laughs> listeners on different apps. Um, you can try it. Let us know. I will let you know if we see a double the increase or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't forget to, like Taylor mentioned about the Instagram um, comment in the comment section heart the post whatever if you enjoyed this episode you guys like she mentioned the email if you guys have any questions you can always send us a question to the email too um, or dm yes or d or dm dms yeah yes all right y'all have a blessed week and we will chat with y'all later see ya take care